The Patterson Foundation strengthens people, organizations, and communities by focusing on issues that address mutual aspirations, foster wide participation, and encourage learning and sharing. Each day, each one of us goes beyond the blog. Join the journey. Hi, I'm Rachel Hedinger, current fellow with the Patterson Foundation, and your host today for a deep dive into advancing philanthropic leadership through a fellow's perspective. Today, I will be speaking with Michael Zimmerman, 2021 to 2022 fellow with the Patterson Foundation here in Sarasota, Florida. The Patterson Foundation's Advancing Philanthropic Leadership Initiative encompasses a series of creative efforts to strengthen the capabilities of emerging philanthropic leaders. Within each of the endeavors, aspiring leaders have the opportunity to build their willingness, capacity, and foresight to incorporate innovative strategies for long-term change. Through a collaboration with the Indiana University, Lilly Family School Philanthropy, the world's first school dedicated solely to the study and teaching of philanthropy, the Patterson Foundation Fellows Program provides graduates a year-long career-building opportunity to learn innovative philanthropic practices, principles, and share their expertise through engaging initiatives tied to their personal passions. I'm now joined by Michael Zimmerman. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rachel. Thrilled to be here. What pulled you to the fellowship? What drew you to apply? Because you know you're different. Like You had work experience, pre-masters, post-masters, so when did you discover this fellowship and like what what was the draw? So um, I love that question because before the fellowship, I was at a juncture in my career path, right? I had nine years of fundraising development work behind me and under my belt combined with four years of this academic journey through the Lilly Family School Philanthropy so curious about what I had studied, what I had done research on, the people that I've met, and the areas within philanthropy where their work was propelling them. And so uh, there were ideas around what could the next 30, 40 years of my life in this world look like to really bring as much value as possible to the table for work within philanthropy that really aligns with where my morals are and what I aspire to see the world have and, um, and ways which philanthropy can address needs and connect resource to need. So as I explored these questions further and the opportunity to pursue the fellowship at the Patterson Foundation presented, it occurred to me that this could be that year to explore these questions, to get immersed into community. What does place-based funding look like? And how can be done in a strategic way where initiatives catalyze community uh, support, involvement, engagement? And what does that catalytic thinking look like? Where do the ideas start? How do those conversations happen? When I found out about the Patterson Foundation's fellowship, I thought, wow, I don't, if I look around, I don't see many other options that are remotely similar to this opportunity. So it became very clear that this was a unique next step for me to explore what I didn't know yet, but what I wanted to find out. I I have to agree with you as a fellow. I mean, one of the things that, that drew me here is you know, at school, we learned all about the theories, practices of philanthropy, you know, there's going to be barriers. 
And here with the Patterson Foundation, one of my favorite Deborah Jacobs quotes is, you know, this is kind of like going to 15 foundations in one for a fellow because we get to dip our toe in all the initiatives and learn how those barriers, how to overcome them, how they come about and have that hands-on work that, you know, we didn't get into school or other jobs. And so when you were in New York, I mean, New York is a huge difference from Florida and down here and a huge difference in the foundation type of work. So do you feel like you really have um, learned those things that you wanted to explore here with the Patterson Foundation and just share a little bit about that? Absolutely. I, I do. I do. I feel I did. What's nice about coming out of a huge city and moving into a small city is the ability to meet people, meet leaders, organizations, and get to know how their work lives and breathes at the community level and what that impact looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's almost easier to, it, it's almost more manageable at this level because you can see it playing out. It's not so enormous <laughs> as it could be in many cities to try to measure what success and impact and how to reach, you know, how to bring about shared aspirations around um, goals for organizations, a community um, at large. It, it, it's easier to be immersed in it at the ground level, but also come back up to 40,000 feet and see how the, the strategy of initiative is playing out. It's nice to get my feet wet in that work at this level because um, after this year, I feel that I can take these methodologies that I've learned in Sarasota, bring them with me someplace else, whether it's a large city, small, a more suburban area, and, and, and see them realized in equal ways, in larger ways, in different ways. So I appreciate what I've learned in this year here. And it's so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just want to dig a little deeper there because I think you're touching on how philanthropy is different at different levels, whether it's, you know, extremely large philanthropy in a big city to philanthropy in a smaller city. But I think what you touched on a little bit is that with the Patterson Foundation, the intentionality that's there by going 40,000 feet above to going in the community, doing the work ourselves and being able to come back out of that. And we do a lot of things in the gassy phase here. And I think the reason that it is different is that intentionality, the approach, the strategy. So what are some of those things that you're going to take with you to wherever you go next, whether it's a city or similar city to Sarasota or even smaller? Yeah. So if it's not New York, I'm going to a new city. (laughs) It's going to be a new place. And um, it's it's going to be a community that I don't know. And they don't know me. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, the most important lesson I learned at the Patterson Foundation is to always show up with questions, Mm -hmm. not to show up with answers. And I think that will apply in uh, my next step because humbleness in discovering what is a community wrestling with? What are those big challenges that they are working to address to show up with those questions that reveal those challenges in a way where a community can feel heard and seen and they feel that their um, voice is at the table when strategy is being discussed. I think that's something that I've very much learned here. I will take with me elsewhere and humbly start to connect and build connective tissue with community members, with leaders, with others, 
um, in those communities that will hopefully eventually trust and we can build bonds that create change or allow them to reach the, their goals and aspirations and I can be part of the process of helping them get there. Yeah, I think that's a really important component of the type of philanthropy that TPF does. And, you know, the intentionality behind that is there and that's part of the strategy. But I think that that type of philanthropy is a lot more catalytic than other types of philanthropy. And it makes me think of your most recent blogs, um, having our ducks ready for diverse foundations and when emergent needs call for emergent response. Both of those talk about different ideas of philanthropy, and we're hitting on that a little bit. And I'd like to like to for you to dive into either one of those blogs with me. I think we grow up with the "Are your ducks in a row?" or "Oh, that person's ducks aren't <laughs> in a row," you know. And it's like the if you if you don't have your ducks in the row, you failed, and if you have your ducks in a row, you've succeeded. And so I wanted to break down what I believe is uh, pretty. It, it's mythical, right? I don't think success can be measured by having your ducks in a row. I think it's about how prepared are your ducks to take on diverse formations because every challenge will beg for those ducks to be in different forms, to address things in different ways. So um, to say my ducks are always in a row and ready to take on whatever, you know, how can those ducks stay in that same very row? And how can someone say, they're always prepared. You know, I see this work um, challenging us to move and mold and, and shift and evolve. And so um, that blog came from the lived experiences that I had working at the Patterson Foundation and shifting and evolving and moving and realigning and knowing that this work uh, is not fixed. It is living and breathing and constantly taking different on different forms. And so when we possess that flexibility, we're better equipped to move through this work and and do it um, in a way that's strategic and do it in a way that lends itself to working with others and collaborating. So I think communities demand that. Absolutely, they do. Um, and I think that I think there's two things here. And one of my favorite things is failure versus success. And I like that you said that, you know, you can't measure success by having your ducks in a row. But I think there's also an importance here that we also share our failures when we have them, especially as foundations. I think they have a responsibility to share so because so many foundations are working on their a similar mission or something. And it's important to share this didn't work, I think, for other foundations to realize maybe we should do this a different way before they go off and do something very similar that didn't work for another foundation. And we can learn a lot from our failures. And I know that you've done a national philanthropy scan with digital access for all and working across the nation with funders and Sherry Corrier. And that's been really great. And do you have any examples of when your ducks were in a row and when they weren't? Because I think the second thing there is a matter of perspective. You know, from one angle, it can look like the ducks are everywhere but if you look at it just a little differently maybe they are aligned and i'd love to hear more about your experience with that so that was a lot of fun right we got out into the zoom virtual world interviewing funders from across the country asking them about uh their work in digital access and we learned a lot we learned um from funders that said 
We are very invested in digital access. We are invested in devices. We're invested in digital literacy. We're invested in uh, ways in which we connect people to the internet and connectivity in general and uh, the speed at which they have connectivity, which we know differs community to community. And so hearing funders that were very invested, it was so reaffirming, right, of the importance of the work that uh, philanthropy is doing in this space, sometimes in collaboration with for-profits, sometimes in collaboration with government, sometimes in multi-sector collaborations. We just had a a lovely funder workshop on that. Um, But we also had funders at the other side of this equation. We're not um, ready to invest in digital access. If we buy devices right now for our community, would that be a sound investment in this community? Because in three years, those devices may be obsolete or the fiber optic wires that we may build might be obsolete because technology constantly evolves. And so, you know, to be prepared to have a response in those uh, scenarios of, you know, for instance, would we not buy fax machines back in 1995 because in 2005 we'll all have scanners I don't think companies said that. I think companies bought the fax machines. And then when the scanners came out, they bought the scanners. And it was an understanding that technology does change and will continually improve on the technology we have to make our work and investment in, in t- of time in this space more effective and efficient. And so, yes, it could be that the phone's that you give to the community today, you know, or those devices or tablets that are needed right now, those needs can change. And I think philanthropy understands that needs change. So we show up where the needs are right now, and then we continue to have those relationships to ensure that we're shifting and evolving and addressing the emerging and changing needs. Absolutely. And I mean, I enjoyed that funder workshop so much. And I feel like everyone's ducks were aligned in that room and sharing the importance of sharing what worked for others and, you know, what people might have done differently when they started this work, those who are doing it, I think was a really valuable part of that session. And, you know, as a fellow, we do knowledge sharing sessions all the time. We share these resources, you know, one of Deborah Jacobs other famous quotes is sharing your cookie jar, making sure the lid's open and everyone's sharing what they have because we're stronger together. And so I would like you to dive in a little bit about your resources, the knowledge you've learned as a fellow, your experiences. How has it all prepared you for your launch and where you'll go next? Yeah, this ties together with a lot of what we've discussed already pursuing TPF excellence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're human, right? We we are all trying to do our best, nonprofits, government, uh, philanthropy in general. And knowing, A, when it's not working, that we can have a strategy refresh. We can check in in 90 days or in, a, in six months or in a year. Um, the, the more communication that happens makes it, the work more successful and gets everybody aligned. I think that it's important to know that, wow, okay, we tried this. It didn't work, but we still have a mission to do something here. So that doesn't mean that we tried it, it didn't work, and we're done. Mm-hmm. It means that we tried it, it didn't work. What, what might work? What else is possible? 
exploring possibilities. And when it does work, then we think about how might we share this with others, whether they're funders, nonprofits, others in the community that are uh, willing and ready to jump in and either join us in the work or do the work on their own or in collaboration with others. How do we share that knowledge to inspire philanthropy in other places, to expand our reach or to empower others to expand their reach? Since this overarching goal of philanthropy is the how do we you know, how do we connect resource to need? How do we meet the community where they are? How do we help the community to wrestle with these questions and to address those needs? I think it's important that knowledge is shared. And when people aren't ready, TPF talks about leaving a map for when they are, because everybody's at a different point in their process. So we understand that. And uh, where I go next, keeping these approaches in mind, I feel will help steer how this work happens in other communities and hopefully help them to reach the distances they want to go. Yeah, of course, of course, because I I agree with you that philanthropy is mostly about connections and connecting people to resources. And, you know, the Patterson Foundation is often the convener in a lot of our initiatives. We just bring people together. We're not leading the change we're not trying to come with the answer arrive with the answer that's something we mentioned earlier but you know have that safe space for people to you know this is what our community needs this is what we want this is how we're going to do it and connecting those resources and I think that's so valuable to learn for anyone interested in philanthropy or the fellowship and I know you're going to be fantastic at wherever you go next one last question for you Who else do you think should be interested in this fellowship? What kind of student in the master's program or graduate of the master's program should be interested in this? As someone that was nine years into my career, I thought about, is this the direction I want to go? I do this well. I, I am good at this work in fundraising development, but there's a question around what other value do I bring to the table? Is it only fundraising development? What about philanthropy beyond the check? I knew I needed to explore that because I was already thinking about that in the master's program. And so this opportunity was that very opportunity to allow me to dive in and figure out what does the world of philanthropy look like beyond the fundraising and development? And then figure out, do I still want to go into, you know, do I want to continue? Mm -hmm. Do I want to pursue a different route? Is there a world where the two come together and I could be engaged in both fundraising development and this programmatic side and the strategy side. So being able to figure that out in this year was invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, exploring the different types of philanthropy, the different options you have for your career is 100% a huge component of the fellowship. And Michael, thank you for joining us today. I look forward to connecting again and hearing about your professional journey in philanthropy wherever you go next. Um, To learn more about the Patterson Foundation, visit thepattersonfoundation.org. Rachel, that was such an awesome podcast. Listeners, thanks for joining us beyond the blog.